And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, March 3rd, the birthday of James Dewan. He would have been 102 today. Happy birthday, Scotty. My name is Jason Hutt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. We are live from the bunker, broadcasting to YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey. And this show is also available on various different podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to these discussions. Glad all of you are here with us. I see Keely in the chat, Cam in the chat. The live chat is active. And if you are not with us live, of course, you can still leave a comment. You can send a feedback to uh, our email address, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. I also invite you to uh, sign up for our newsletter. There is a link down there in the notes, along with links to all of our socials, uh, which are extensive. We are on, right now, 10 social media platforms, 4 video platforms. Probably a little bit of overkill, but you never know what's going to happen, right? I mean, we need to be prepared for the fall of civilization, don't we? So, uh, I do want to encourage everybody to follow us on Odyssey, which is the alternate video platform where uh, we're using for live streams. Uh, we're sitting at 152. I would like to get that number up. And over on uh, YouTube, we're still now sitting, well... I say still, we're still over 2,000, but we've dropped to 2,001. So if you are so inclined, feel free to share this channel with others that you think might uh, might appreciate it, might enjoy it. And uh, let's get those numbers pumped back up and, and see if we can get to our next milestone, which is, uh, I guess, 2,500 would, would be the next one. So... There we are. Okay, so today's discussion, uh, we've got uh, our usual Thursday uh, Thursday discussion with uh, the youngling. I can't really call him a youngling much anymore. I mean, 20. Oh, ouch. Anyway, James is here with us this morning. We're going to be talking hey. this afternoon. We're going to be talking about the latest episode of Superman and Lois. And uh, this is the sixth episode of the second season. It's called Tried and True. And I think we're starting to see some consequences of some decisions. I want to make an observation right off the bat. Whoever is writing this show, all of the people who are responsible for the story on this show, I don't think that you've done enough homework to understand how the military operates. I'm just going to leave that. We'll circle back to it. I just... That's that's fair. Stargate probably spoiled me a little bit, but I, I don't think 
I don't think the writers of Superman and Lois have done very much in the way of research on actual military operations and chain of command and all that other stuff because there's some stuff there's some stuff here that <clears throat> they're minor things, they're little quibbles, but uh, yeah, I I have some I have some thoughts. So that's fair. Anyway, we got multiple storylines this time that we're examining. We've got. Uh, Lois and Lucy in the alley uh, storyline. We've got Jonathan and Jordan with the with the X Kryptonite. We've got Bizarro. We get a little bit of a glimpse into Bizarro world, and uh, and then we've also got um, Kyle and Lana. So several several plots swirling around and amongst each other. So let's let's get into it then. Uh, overall impressions. I I really like this episode. Yeah, quite a bit. Mainly, that intro was just really good. The um, it was not what you I can't, was expecting. Okay. Hang on, I know, you I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. End of the end of the mic. End of the mic. Listen, yeah. I've been in my own bunker for a while. It's a little weird sharing this one again. Ah. Uh. Um. No, I really did like the intro. Um, it almost felt not necessarily Zack Snyder-ish, but how it was kind of shot and how what music was used, it felt very cinematic, but it also felt a little, well, bizarre in a way. I mean, it was weird, kind of hippie-ish music that was used. <laughs> okay. Be- well, no, really. They used um, Tried and True by Ween, and if anybody's familiar with Ween, he did the... Uh, the song Ocean Man that was used in Spongebob. So, I mean, he's he's fairly well known for doing very out there, weird, hippie music. I, so. I will I will be the first to admit, and I will, I will be perfectly fine and comfortable admitting that I've never even heard of Ween. So that's, the significance of this yeah. was lost on me. But, but yeah. um, how it was shot, um, I really did like the color scheme of the red, white, and black look especially in the office it looked it almost looked like it was straight off uh the red sun pages that that color scheme yeah. looked really good and i mean just all the small details if you go through um i get yeah i guess we're not really jumping into really anything random because all the big stuff and all the big things to theorize about were right at the beginning um so I went through that scene and broke down basically everything that I could find. And if you look, there's a pile of kryptonite inhalers on the table. The picture frames, only Jordan's there. Jonathan and Lois have been ripped out. And um, the cat, I'm going to talk way in depth about the cat because I think there's something there too. I mean, I don't know. I I'm I'm right. I have my ideas about what this could mean. I have my ideas of where this is going. I don't know if you want to do that right now or save well, it. Well, we can the end. we can do that. We can do that after the break. Wolverine 626 right. is enjoying the season so far, but the Kyle Lana storyline is annoying me. Why don't we start there? Yeah, yeah, that's I don't like it. And then well, also and that also goes back to I was right about what I said last week, 
is that she didn't know about it. She said that um, apparently it happened two years ago, and Lana had Lana had an idea, but she didn't know. Well, fair enough, and 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 it's you can you can make the argument because she said the girl in the bar. You can make the the jump that she knew at least some of what was going on. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't necessarily mean that she knows everything. And right. as we as we find out this this week, she didn't know all of the details as far as like when it happened and and such. And also, why did he come back two years later? That's also bugging me. That, he that's what was. See, what, what do you mean to come back two years later? You mean go back to the girl at the bar? Well, he well, didn't. Well, no, no, no. He <clears throat> said, no. She said that they ended things two years ago, or right. it, it was going on two years ago. So why did he just randomly show back up at the bar to end things if things were already ended two years ago? He didn't. Yes, he, he did. No, he went back to the bar because things were things were getting better. Well, there's a couple of things. He went back to the bar because there was some trouble brewing, and he was he he's he's in his head, and he goes back to get to get a drink, and she happens to be there. The whole we're ending this. This is not why I'm here. That was a side thing because oh, okay. she figured he's come back to her, and he's like, "No, no, no. I'm just here to get drunk." Fair. And the the that that was that was that. Because um, two years ago, when the whole thing happened with Sarah and and her suicide attempt and all that, that's what snapped him out of it and said, "Okay, hey, wait a minute. All right, I've got to I've got to do something about this." And from conversations that I've had with certain with certain people about certain circumstances like that, usually when you have some kind of a traumatic event in a family that's already having problems, it could go one of two ways. Either everything falls apart at that point because you're just holding it together with with fishing line and, and spit. Or it galvanizes everybody to sit there and say, okay, we need to focus on our priorities. We need to actually make this thing work. We need to try to fix things because there are things more important than our petty little differences. There's really not a whole lot of in-between. It's we either, you know, this crisis, whatever this is, it could be, you know, uh, 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 kid having trouble. It could be marriage having trouble. It could be drugs or, or losing a job or whatever some kind of a crisis and the response is either this breaks us completely gone we're done or all right it's time to it's time to lock arms and we get this thing solved right. there's really not a whole lot of in between and i think that's uh, to the portrayal the little the little part where She's explaining to Lana that Kyle ended it two years ago, and that was when Sarah did her thing. It kind of reemphasizes what we've seen with Kyle, that his family is the most important thing. He's going to stand by his family no matter what, and he's, he's been working on making that connection stronger with everybody, especially reaching out to Sarah and trying to, trying to get that relationship solidified in a little bit better place. So long run, I think everything's going to be okay. And to Wolverine's point about this this storyline kind of being annoying, 
I would much rather watch Kyle and Lana have marital problems than Clark and Lois have marital problems. I don't want that to be the main focus of the show. If it's a B-line story, fine. If it's a C-line story, every now and again it gets subordinated lower, that's fine. I don't want to see, because we've seen that. And all of that angst and all of that drama kind of percolates to the top. And if your lead characters, if Clark and Lois were the ones that were going through that, that's what the show would be about. And it would be your old-fashioned, typical 90210 Dawson's Creek crap. With the angst and the drama and the... I don't want that. We're not getting that because that Kyle and Lana are off to the side. That's fine. You want to do the drama there? Do the drama there. We've got bigger bigger fish to fry with our lead characters, and I'm perfectly fine with that. <clears throat> I just don't care. <laughs> I really don't. I, I just... I, I don't... It's not that I dislike the characters. I just don't care. I really don't. Well, I care, I care more about the kids' relationships than I do about Kyle and Lana's. Well, Kyle and Lana's relationship is not an end in itself. Kyle and Lana's relationship is a means to an end because what's going to happen is it in, it's going to intersect a few different things because you see in this first in this in this opening scene when Bizarro is going through that military installation, who does he fight at the end? True, a superpowered Lana. Yeah, but that, that, to me, I don't know if that's going to be a parallel with, I don't know if it means Lana's going to be going to the inverse society. Well, it might but what, not, but... But what I also caught in that scene, if we're going to talk about it real quick, yeah, she's wearing the um, the crest of Roe. Right. That's, that's, that's Tal Roe's symbol, not the, super, the, not the House of L symbol, so... I kind of want to know what's going on there, too. Well, it's probably... She's probably channeling... She probably still is... is Laura? Uh, Laura. Just an evil version or something? Yeah. That, and that. and this Laura either went back to Roe or or never left Roe. Or she is Roe. Well, it could be. And, 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 and she's the one that made the Eradicator a weapon. But and whatever whatever that is... Bizarro in this world now. Now that he's crossed over, there's going to be at some point. Now that we've got this, it's like it's Chekhov's gun. We've put the gun on the mantle. Somewhere between now and Act Two, that gun's going to have to be fired. So at some point between now and the end of the season, Bizarro is going to come face to face with with Lana, and something is going to happen. So the the Kyle Lana thing is not really meant for us to get fully invested in the Kyle-Lana thing. It's supposed to get us more invested in Lana because something is going to happen. Okay. I'm going to yeah. make that prediction. Yeah. So, that's that's my prediction. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. Um... So what, so what all do we want to talk about? What 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 else happened? Uh, well, there's a lot that happened. Well, I mean, you got Jonathan and Jordan. You got Jordan Jordan figuring out what Jonathan's up to. Right. That doesn't go well. 
You have uh, you have Sam taking it upon himself to do a little intervention, brings Lucy over to the house. So Lucy and Lois have their they don't they don't get into the conflict. They don't get into the to the the family drama until they're at the football stadium. I liked it. I really thought it felt it it was very fun to watch. They had a really good chemistry. Yeah. Because I mean, I guess I didn't really realize it, but we never saw Lois and Lucy in Supergirl together. So this is really our first like time seeing this Lucy and this Lois finally together. I mean, of course, I know we saw them already in the, not the previous episode, but one of them. But you know what I mean. It's yeah. kind of nice seeing these two characters that have been established in the Arrowverse already as siblings finally, you know, getting a good story together and having a really good relationship. Because, I mean, they weren't cast to be sisters. She, Jenna Dewan was cast first. So no. we never knew what kind of chemistry they would have as sisters. And it works. Well, part of that is... Part of that is casting, sure. But the other part of that is the writing. I mean, you have to be able to put together a solid script and a storyline that holds up no matter who's in those uh, roles. So whether it was Jenna Dewan and Bitsy Tulloch or if it was, you know... uh, whoever else that you've got in those roles the, the the writing is solid enough that it would hold up no matter who's who's playing those characters right and that dynamic where lucy is getting along with everyone until the until they have that argument at the at the football game it feels natural it feels like you know well they're family and and all of that but the fight actually feels like family too because yes. I've had arguments like that. Somebody makes one statement, and the whole thing just kind of blows apart. Weave. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I wasn't going to personalize it more than that. But no, if we're, you we're, want to, we're family, we can... and we we uh, no. I'm I'm more yeah, than willing no, to like, say like we're family, and I we both know exactly how those conversations can go. Yeah, and yeah. It 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 feels very. It feels very real, and it feels very natural. And, I mean, the actresses were just perfect for this. But it also gives us a reminder. It kind of it kind of hooks us back into the overall arc with the, with the alley thing. Because in the beginning, we see Bizarro take the, take the pendant from Allie in that, in that universe. And the, the, the suggestion, the implication is that he kills her over there. No. Not, not, that was the implication in the intro, but he says something later, saying, if Allie reunites with her other self, she would achieve godhood. And that's been bugging me. So she might not so be, is al- she, she might not be dead over and there. And that goes into my theory about what's about to happen. And I don't, it, do you want to save it for the break? Yeah, we you, we can we can say we'll do we'll yeah, do predictions yeah, after yeah, the break. Yeah. We're just going through basic plot points here at the True. at the beginning. Okay. Um, so, but I want to I want to address I want to address the Anderson Superman dynamic here for a minute because Superman goes off and he saves. Well, let's uh, talk about let's talk about the scene leading into that real quick, the funeral. Okay. I liked that a lot. I never realized I don't think we've ever on screen seen Superman at a funeral before. 
and there was just something about that shot with Superman with the rest of the military. Mm-hmm. I like that. It it felt like it was from a cover of a comic book, and it just All right. It felt real. I mean, you got Superman with the military paying respects to the people See, that and fell. that's and that's where it starts to break down for me a little bit because military funerals and I know they're editing for time but military funerals by and large generally uh, do not involve the 21 gun salute taking place at the same time as taps uh, uh, there's a there's a process there's a procedure to all of there this there wasn't stuff. a 21 gun salute yes there was it was, it, was? it had it happened right there in the middle of everything you heard it they never showed it on camera what are you looking at me for? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you heard it, but you didn't see it. They didn't show it because, of course, you'd have to hire the extras and you have to hire the armorer and you got to get the props right. and all of that. And it's entirely possible that they did shoot it, but they took it out after the whole Alec Baldwin thing. But uh, by and large, in a military funeral, TAPS is isolated. TAPS is by itself. And if you're going to do uh, any kind of a, of a tribute like that, uh, they happen separately. And TAPS is not rushed through like half of this one was. And it just feels like it was in there, but it was, it was truncated for time in order to get to the point where, where uh, Superman and Anderson were having their con conversation afterwards. But that's not how a military funeral generally right. goes now i i say that with 95 percent certainty i've i've not you know studied and and done the whole you know i know all of the military procedures and the regulations and all of that but um it's i don't think it goes that way Somebody in chat just yeah, asked, Wolverine, what's TAPS? Wolverine, what? TAPS, TAPS is, well, it's entirely possible that Wolverine is not from the United States. He could that's, be from Canada. That's a very fair point. TAPS is the song that they play on the trumpet in the in the military funeral. It's the da-da-da, da-da-da. That's, that's TAPS. Um, it's played it a couple of times. It's basically... Uh, at, at on uh, on military uh, military installations, it's played at the end of the day. You know, the night's over. You know, the day is over. We're going into night, so kind of an end of watch type of thing. Oh, I didn't know it was played at end of watch. <coughs> Sometimes. Oh, okay. Because you have Reveille at the beginning. You know, you have Reveille at the beginning of the day. You know, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't sing that tune. I got oh. So it's a it's a it's a it's a bugle signature taps is and it's played at military funerals to basically signify end of watch, uh, the end of the day, the end of uh, the end of your time in service. So it's a it's a tribute, and when you have something like that, generally you've got the twenty one gun salute as well. Uh, especially if you're burying a military hero, if you're if you're burying a, a military person with honors, uh, you get taps and you get uh, 21 gun salute. And and depending on who it is, if if it's Air Force, sometimes you'll get the missing man march, uh, the missing man flyover with the planes. So uh, so that's that's what it is. Uh, Wolverine's uh, born in the U.S. Okay, so see we we 
entertain as well as educate here. We right. we perform a service. We're happy to happy to help. Uh, Borg Porg says, by the way, the intro song at the beginning of the episode was by Ween. Tried and true. Same as the name uh, of the episode. Somebody else knows it. Uh, there we go. Cool. There we go. See, it happens. Oh, I didn't want to do that. I want to do that. There. <clears throat> All right. So, <coughs> excuse me. Okay. So, you you're, you like the, the confrontation between Superman and Anderson. As as a character piece, oh, the, I, the dialogue I, works. I did? Oh, I just That's said what I you just the said. scene at the funeral. I, I just meant, like... You're scene. talking about the overall visual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I I mean, I did... I like the scene with the mom between Anderson and Clark. Mm-hmm. The whole argument again, that was just like, hey, Anderson, this... You not obeying and listening to Superman, you're going to wind up at another funeral. Look around you. Well... You're being an idiot right now. But... And, and like that, that scene bugged me. Anderson, like this dude's okay. not learning. Anderson doesn't have any obligation to follow Superman's orders. Superman is not in the chain of command. No, and I realize that. But as his superior officer told him in the earlier, uh, in earlier, he is our best defense. And you need to suck up to him and get him back on our side. Well, and he's not doing that. So in a way, he's also going against what upper command wishes, and that is good relations with Superman. Okay. Um, and this is where this is where my quibble happens with accurate portrayal of the military which they shouldn't be groveling to superman hollywood hollywood has a tendency to not get this right more often than they than than they they don't they don't get it right all the time let's say and one of the things that um is a lasting legacy from stargate for example Stargate was one of the very few shows that the United States military actively cooperated with. The United States Air Force was actively there consulting, having conversations. They were talking with the writers. They were talking with the producers all the time. I mean, the, 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 the commander of the Air Force, as part of the Joint Chiefs, Gen- the general, I don't remember who it was at the time, he actually appeared as himself as the commander of the United States Air Force in Stargate. And that have, kind of thing doesn't happen very often. I have to check that show out. I really do. And the reason for that is because Stargate went above and beyond with the effort to accurately and respectfully portray the United States Air Force. And because of that, they got a lot of cooperation with the Air Force when they wanted to do some stuff. And I'm looking at what's being shown in Superman and Lois. And I'm thinking, you know, you guys could take a page out of Stargate and maybe step up and do this a little bit better because it really doesn't feel like it really doesn't feel like this is some kind of a real military operation. It feels almost like it's an isolated by itself thing. Yeah, that's, you know what? Now that you just said it feels isolated. Yeah, it really does. That's, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. It, it, yeah, it kind of feels like 
they're their own band of military people that are just kind of doing what they think the military is supposed to do. Yeah. But they're not doing what the military is supposed to do. And I, I, I have, I have a, another quibble. The Department of Defense is more than just one military base. Yes. So for all of these people to be talking about the DOD, one, <laughs> that, that's not what it's called in real life, but the Department of Defense is more than just one base. It's every military and every civilian operation that's part of the military that has anything to do with the military. The Department of Defense is responsible for a great many things. And it just feels like that this this little operation where Anderson is in command should have its own name. This should be, you know, Uh, basically the replacement for project, the EEO from project green leaf you oh. know it has it, you know all, military operations have their code names they've got their operational names or whatever this is project toothpick we should be talking about you know fort hayes or uh you know this is operation pork chop you, you know something like that we we don't talk about the entire dod if you're going to be going and having conversations with the department of defense like keely says you got the pentagon yeah. You have the Secretary of Defense, also known as SecDef. I read Tom Clancy. I know these things. But it, 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 it just always bugged me, the DOD. I was like, no, this is not just the DOD. This is just a little fort. This is some thing right over here. This is not the Department of Defense. If you're at the Department of Defense, you're in Washington, D.C. Also, is it ever stated where the DOD is? No. Okay. Not that I, not that I recall. Okay. But Anderson, Anderson strikes me as An your idiot. typical Hollywood military type. Paranoid, secretive, got his own agenda, and I uh, that bothers me because he's not acting like... He's not acting like an honorable, real military person. And I have to wonder why. Because this is, this is either the writers setting up something at the, at, at the end of the season, which, of course, now we've got with him arresting Superman for being a, being a traitor. It, it just feels like we're going somewhere... And we have to write Anderson a certain way in order to get us there. And I think it's I think it's lazy writing myself. So yeah, it is. Uh, Keila Shire says, speaking of Hollywood military types, General Hummel did nothing wrong. Um, I don't understand that reference. I don't either. So here's what we're going to do. We're, I'm going to look it up while we uh, while we're in the break. We will <laughs> do that, yeah. and we will be right back. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. Broadcasting from the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters, this is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here inviting you to join us every Saturday for news, science fiction, fantasy, and horror headlines from the week, plus interviews, 
updates on events going on around the world and the weather forecast for the same. It's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Live from the bunker, Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker, where we are having our conversation about Superman and Lois, episode 206. And I did look it up. Yes, General Hummel, uh, the reference to the Michael Bay movie, The Rock, which is a James Bond movie. Changed my mind. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Joining me here for this discussion, Mr. James Hunt, our junior boss. One day, all of this will be yours. And one day, that joke won't be made anymore. (laughs) One of these days. You never know. I mean, after a while, if this thing ever goes away, then you don't get a hold of any of it. So... Now, if if after after thirteen years, if we get our overnight success story, then you know we'll have to re- renegotiate right, and think course, about all of, of this course, stuff. But anyway, yes. Uh, so <laughs> Keely says I agree. It's Sean Connery's final Bond film. I, I I you know I can see it. I I absolutely can see it. Okay, so, so I've been waiting for the after break conversation for a while now because this is where I'm going to go off a little bit. A little bit off the deep end. So, Mm -hmm. the beginning of the episode opens up with, you know, Bizarro going through everything. Right. And we've got a fight in the hallway. What this means, because I can't really see it meaning anything else. We have the the behind-the-scenes photos of Jonathan in that Superboy costume, correct? Yes, but we don't know what episode well, it's from. In the behind-the-scenes photos, there's a photo of Superman wearing a tattered cape. I think this was Bizarro's world. Ali Alstrom, being Parasite, drained Superman's powers, killed Jonathan, and that's why his photo is teared out in the photos. Okay. And in doing so... I'm I've been freak I've been trying to freak uh, freak out figure out why Bizarro looks so different. He's now addicted to kryptonite, getting his powers back. That's why his skin is deteriorate deteriorated so badly, and that's why he looks so different. So this Superman went into madness, got a drug addiction to kryptonite, trying to get his powers back. I'm wondering if he accidentally killed Lois in his rage because if you look at the table, there are knives dug into it. There's uh, knives in the table. There's a chair on top of the table. There are a stack of inhalers. There are all kinds of damages done to the house. Mm -hmm. And the photo with Jordan and Jonathan in it, that's torn. But the one with Lois and the rest of the family, they're just scribbled out which I found interesting okay so 
I'm wondering if this means that Jonathan died. And that would explain his emo look, because if you really think about it, Jordan was kind of seen as the more emo, dark, punk, rebellious kid at the beginning. Giving that look to Jonathan I'll give you emo, is kind of cool. I'll give you emo, but not punk. <laughs> no, okay. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, like the punk in like the Superboy look. That oh, would definitely okay. be what Jordan would go for if he was. Yeah. Oh, okay. So right. giving giving that eyeliner black earring look to Jonathan kind of feels like a mirror of Jordan, which is kind of cool. Um, so maybe in the Bizarro universe, Jonathan's the one that's got powers and Jordan didn't. Yes. Okay. Probably. All right. I'm with you. All right. Okay. So I think we're going to see a scene where Allie kills Jonathan and he just loses it. And I think that also means that since we've been mirroring their world too, we're going back to one of the episodes where I predicted that maybe one of the kids dies. If we get the mirror of Lois and Jonathan dying, that would mean Jordan dies. Now, I don't know how strictly we're going to be mirroring everything, but... We need to consider that as a possibility now. Well, I maybe I, I can if, I can if see I'm right. I can see where you would have that theory. That doesn't necessarily mean that what happens in one universe has to happen in the other universe That's true. in a different way. But um, the the thing about the the bizarre world and something that you'd see if you're looking through and you see all of the Daily Planets and everything, everything's backwards. Everything's Which I reversed. And that's, so, and that's why I think that that Jonathan and Clark scene is the bizarro world because they're just going to flip it in the um, editing. Well, that could be. Because that they don't want to change Superman's costume and give him like a brand new, you know, backwards bizarro costume. Just flip the flip the frame. Except he, he's got a costume. I mean, that 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 bizarro costume, they're not they're not reversing him. He's, no, no, no. He's actually wearing but a that, different costume. That, well, that different costume is a uh, burning so they're not going to make a bizarro pre-burnt costume because that's darkened because of flame, which I think is actually from Allie using flame breath on him. But, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Allie, Allie in this particular one, see, this particular parasite in the comic books doesn't absorb powers like that, not like, not like the other ones have. So uh, there's, there's nothing to suggest that Allie would have superpowers. That's... True, but it would explain our uh, this Bizarro not having powers and using kryptonite. That's that's where I got it from. Well, because if he's having to be addicted to kryptonite to have powers, that means he probably lost them. But you're assuming that he's the one that's been using the inhalers. Because he used it at the beginning of the episode. Okay. No, that's, when, he, that's when, he, point. when he when he flew off to go yeah. to the mines, he wasn't using the inhaler. <coughs> you got a point. All right. So he did. Also, fun little film trick they did. He flew upside down. As soon as he got into the sky, they twisted it up. He flipped it. No, he himself flipped on and flew on his back. Right. And then which they, I thought was they really rotated, cool. They rotated the camera out of that. Yeah, that was that was yeah. really cool. I like that. Um and the final the final thing. And yes. I hope this is true. I think that was Streaky the Cat. Because in the comics, Streaky gets his powers from X Kryptonite. And I'm I'm I don't think it actually is Streaky the Cat, but 
I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that maybe this is a hint towards maybe we're getting a super pet. Well, hang on. Let's uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> because I do believe I do believe that Streaky showed up over in Supergirl. Um, Did he? Yeah, but didn't look like that. It wasn't a calico. Uh, pull up a picture here. Where's... Well, I'm wondering if, since cats are usually considered the opposite of dogs, this could be a hint to maybe getting crypto. Maybe. That's, I'm reaching. I'm reaching for that one. Yeah, kind of. Um, why wasn't that showing up? All right. Maybe because I've got that turned off. Okay, hold on. Um, the Bizarre World does have a red sun, and that would explain the hallway fight, why all the panels were yellow, because his weakness would be the yellow sun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he says when he's over here. Right. He says, no, no, no. I was just responding to Wolverine's oh, Wolverine. question. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you're yeah. responding to a question, we we mentioned mentioned the question. So oh, Wolverine, right. Right. Wolverine asked, "Does Bizarro's world have a red sun? The sky looked red at the beginning. Maybe it's yes. just like I I think it could, um, which is a little bit unusual because if you're doing that, a red sun, um." With Earth in the same position as it would be around a red sun, I'm not sure it could sustain life. But that's just me. Well, everything's opposite, so it would sustain life. Wow. Yeah. Bizarro. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so here is a photograph of Streaky the Cat from Supergirl. Uh, it is a black cat. So not not the same not the same cat. So at the very least, they're not implying that it's the same cat that Kara had. No. It's at, it, at least it's a it's a different looking cat because that was a. Of course, he's not named in this episode, so it's probably it might not even be streaky. But that was my first thought. It might not. Like, it it could just be a wink and a nod and a hey. Do you remember the thing? But I think I think this could be maybe a hint that we could be getting a pet. And that would be really cool. That would kind of bring the family dynamic even. It doesn't necessarily closer. mean that we're going to get crypto, not no, the superdog. No, but cats are the opposite of. Do- Listen, I just want it. I just want crypto. Okay. Um, but what I also think is happening is, um, I think Bizarro might actually end up being the villain. I'm. I. I really can't tell quite where the show is going. But you're going to hate me for this one. I really do think that they're kind of gearing up for a doomsday type arc. And here's why. Uh It's going to be the two versions uniting. Now, I don't know if it's going to be Allie uniting with herself and becoming this big godlike creature. I don't think she's going to be doomsday. Right. No, she won't be. No, no. But I think it's going to be almost similar to a Doomsday-type character, which, you know, the powerhouse, big bad, or... The thing is... Or this whole arc is Bizarro trying to unite with Superman and steal his world. Well, uh, a couple of problems that I have with that. One, 
Bizarro, historically as a character, has never been one to initiate any kind of strategy or particular plan or anything like that. He's usually portrayed as working for someone, doing someone's bidding, or if he's just a a, a, a victim of circumstance or, or something like that. So... Either he gets his orders from Lex Luthor or he's part of a, you know, he's part of the Legion of Doom or whatever. He's never the one. Bizarro is not a leader. He's not a, he's not an instigator. He's, he just goes along with whatever the plan is, whoever comes up with it. So there, it, it's in, it's, it's not in his nature, historically speaking, to act of his own initiative like that. The other thing is that if, He's trying to merge with Superman using the pendant or the whatever, then all of this time he wouldn't have been trying to kill him. There, there wouldn't have been all of the combat. It would have been, you know, let's sneak up on him and let's absorb him or do whatever it is. Because we, we don't know what this merge looks like and what the circumstances are that would allow for it or how he does it or anything like that. The... It, the the way that I see the scenario you spin out, if if it if it is to play out that way, the heel turn would be that Bizarro is working with Allie. Hmm. That Allie is running it and Bizarro is working for her. I don't think that's the case. But Ooh. if you go out if Ooh. you go out with the scenario that you're spinning out the only way that could work, really, Hold on. is if Bizarro's working for Allie. I that don't think could, that is. That could be actually what's going on. What if Jordan and Lois aren't dead? They're under the mind control of Allie Alstrom. That's a possibility. That maybe, maybe that punch, that final scene, is when we see him about to like end Allie. Wait, I have a family. You do this for me, you can have them back. Possibly. And that's why we don't see him kill Allie. And why he has the proper equipment to go into the mines and be completely resistant to the oh. ex-Kryptonite. Okay, but we don't have still a couple of things. There, there are still a couple of things we don't have. One, we don't have the mechanism that he used to transfer over into our universe. Unless this it is the a, necklace. Well, it could be, but the suit, the containment suit is not enough. Yeah, if if I don't I don't think that the pendant itself it might. Because you had when uh when Penny dies and comes back or what's her name? Uh, Ab- no, uh, Abby, or who, whoever it is uh, that works with Lois at the newspaper. What's her name? Chrissy? Chrissy. Yeah, Chrissy. Yeah. When Chrissy dies, essentially, and comes back, they've, they've, got the, they've got the pendant on her. I don't know that that's enough to actually physically move someone from one, di- one dimension to the other. There's yeah, got to be well, another I'm, mechanism I'm, in place. I'm wondering if it's, you know, the if he... Maybe if he's flying hard enough or there's a certain There like, still has to be point. a way to get there. Well, you have to remember, Rosario did say, this. It, we are the same world. 
these are two. This is the same Earth. I know. Split in two. So I'm but wondering th- there's, if there's a weak point that if you can cross that barrier with the pendant on, possibly, if you can if you can break that barrier, possibly. I mean, I could, but we I could need an explanation on how he got over here. Now the other yes. thing is that we still don't know who killed Doctor Faulkner. Yes. You know, the implication is that Bizarro did it, but we didn't see him do it, and we haven't got any confirmation that he did it, and we don't know who Dr. Faulkner was working for. Yeah. And that also... No. no she was don't. working for Al- Allie. No. I, we know that she had an association with Allie. We know that she was in the group. We don't know that she was working oh, for Allie. All okay. we know is that she contacted somebody on the walkie and said, da-da-da-da-da. Well... But it was never, it's never been established in show that she's actually working for Allie. Only that she was a student and she was in part of that group. But the two are not necessarily connected. Well, that's another reason why I was kind of wondering if Allie could have powers is because of how mangled that body was. Because that, that, that would probably take super strength. Well, to just yes, it does. Spin somebody's head around. Yes, it does. So I'm kind of wondering, like maybe. But Allie I don't. Does I don't think. Powers. I don't think Allie did it. <clears throat> you don't. So who do you think did it? I don't know. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it could very well be that uh, that she was working for for the Department of Defense. We don't have any indication yet, one way or the other, who she was working for. Now the other part. Let me throw this one at you. Yes. What if? Because you're talking about introducing Luther into this, right? Because at some point we'd said, you know, who who is she talking to? Maybe she's talking to Luther. Luther. Don't you think it's a little late to bring in Luther? Not unless you're setting up the cliffhanger for season three. Ooh, don't do that to me. Because you know who else could have killed Dr. Faulkner? Wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. Metallo? Metallo. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> I got that right. Maybe. Uh, no, no. I, I can't I'm not see saying, them. I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I'm just saying that's another possibility. They can throw that in there, and at the end of the season, Metallo becomes the villain for next year. I would be a-okay with Metallo being the villain. I would love to see Metallo back. You, you Recast, of course. I'd please. like to see a proper Metallo. Yeah. Yeah. I... And this one, this this show is the one that I have confidence could do it right. But, however, the problem with that is that would mean Brainiac's still not the villain. I want to see Brainiac. We both we both really want to see Brainiac. Brainiac. Brainiac is an escalation of villains. I feel like Brainiac it, should also be the team up villain. In a well. Way. No, because what happens is if if you're if you're planning for the long haul, right? Right. Then your first two or three four seasons, you're going to have your mid-tier, mid-level, low-level villains, like we're seeing with Parasite and Bizarro right. and you know, we had we had to bring in uh Steel last year and you know the, the he wasn't a villain, but everybody was thinking, you know, Captain Luther, we were going to get a Luther thing. And you have uh, um, Morgan Edge being a Kryptonian, and you got the Eradicator and all of that. Those are not top-tier 
high-level villains. Metallo isn't either. So you go through some of those. I mean, I still would like to see Terra Man at some point. I, I don't think we're going to get. We're not going to get Terra Man, but it would be nice to see Terra Man. But but you go through these things like Parasite and all of this. I mean, They're there not... is. You know what? I'll give you this. There is a possibility we could see Terra Man only because we got Kilgrave in season one, and nobody's. I've never, at least, heard of him. Kilgrave. That's Marvel. Nope. There's a character named Kilgrave, and he's a supervillain in Superman, and he's the one with the sonic weapon. Oh. oh. Kilgrave's oh, okay, weapon. Okay, okay. So that that's, was, right, he's that's a, right. That's right. He's an obscure villain from but he's the a, Superman yeah, comics. Yeah, and he's a C-level. You know, he's he's real low tier. So we could, we could so see Terra So we're Man. seeing escalations of villains in terms of power sets and, and where they are in the big pantheon of the rogues gallery. So at some point we elevate, you know, we get assuming that we get that many seasons, I'd say Brainiac and Lex Luthor are each going to get their own space. The team up won't happen, can't happen until after each one of them proves to be a formidable villain that Superman still barely manages to squeak by and beat. And then they team up after they escape from whatever prison they're going to be in. But you got to earn all of that. Right. You got to you got to build up to that. I, so now it's possible that Ali could be working in concert with with Luther, but I that's a stretch for me. I don't think Ali's working with Luthor. I don't think she is either. I I have to say something. But if you're going to introduce the Metallo storyline, if Metallo killed Faulkner, Metallo's working for Luther. Right. I I think that's, generally I think that's the stretch. But, I mean, I would like to see that, though. Um, and, of course, uh, everybody in the chat, this is all pure speculation. Yeah. If, you're, if you're watching or listening, it's, we're just spitballing at this point right now. So. Um, I will say, I kind of miss the villain of the week every now and then. I, I kind of miss getting to see, you know, just like a random member of the rogues gallery just kind of getting knocked out real quick. You know, like well, just the overarching villain. And every now and then I just kind of want to go, hey, it'd be cool if we just like see Livewire one episode or we see this character one episode. Like it's I kind of miss just seeing. It's you know, a 90s thing. Yeah, but it, I mean, yeah. I think we're seeing, it not, not just with Superman and Lois, but I think we're seeing with the overall landscape of the entertainment medium. Uh, with streaming and and everything that is that is connected to that, there's a real heavy investment in the arc, the season arc, and and all of the different stories, the, all of the different episodes being connected and tied together, and everything like that. I'm hoping, <coughs> knock on whatever wood's available, but I'm hoping that Strange New Worlds. When it Ooh, debuts, here now. I'm hoping that Strange New Worlds can prove that episodic television can still work in today's modern media's landscape. I'm really hoping that show doesn't do bad, but I... Well, th uh, we are going to get overall arcs, but Strange New Worlds, Akiva uh, Goldsman has said, we're going to get episodic storytelling with that show. I and miss, there's going to be pieces that, you know, it all connects, but 
episode to episode to episode to episode, they're going to be standalone, relatively standalone-ish stories. And I'm hoping that that proves it can still work. Because if Strange New Worlds can make it work, then other people are going to sit there and go, you know, we could probably do that too. And maybe we get an episodic Loki. And maybe we get an episodic Orphan Black. And maybe we get an episodic Flash. Who knows? Well, well, most of the CW DC shows are already kind of episodic. I mean, they usually have that. Oh, what I what I mean is, me. I'm okay yeah. with like the overarching thing, but every now and then I'd like to see just a different villain or a different threat in mm-hmm. at least one episode. I just kind of like in season one, all of a sudden, hey, we're dealing with Kilgrave real quick. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's a random villain. Cool. I just I just want. Like a couple of those. Yeah. I don't need it episodic, but I just like. Well, you can have more than just two villains. There is, there is some, there is some benefit to episodic television that you don't get from the big serialized story arc. Um, Wolverine says, I do miss episodic shows. Uh, Keely says, it's a good thing Superman and Lois is back because during the Winter Olympics, I had to get my Superman fix by watching The Adventures of Superman on H&I every Sunday morning. Um, I'm not familiar with H&I, Keely. Was but that, was that H&I about, or H&L? Are you talking about uh, George Reeves' Adventures of Superman? Or Possibly. The, or the animated series. Now, the animated series was not called The the Adventures of Superman. It was called Superman the Animated Series. There was also The Adventures of Superman, which was, I think, an 80s animated series. Mm-hmm. I think so. Never mind. I, I could be wrong. I, let's... Um, well, you you vamp for a minute. Let me but, let me but look. But Keely, it up. I I hate I hate to inform you. I had to be the bearer bad news that next week is going to be the last episode before yet another break. Which I really hate that we're doing the whole yay. Let's take more breaks again. The okay, so officially we had. Uh, the New Adventures of Superman from 1966 to 1970. That's, that's the one. Show. Yep, yep, that's the one. But that's an animated show from way back. Um, then you have uh, Adventures of Superman with George Reeves. You have Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, which is the official title. Um, the Adventures of Superboy. But there's no live-action Adventures of Superman other than the George Reeves title. So, uh, Wolverine says, Smallville was a good mix of episodic and season arcs. Yeah, that's why I was saying in the 90s, because back then, everything was a mix of the episodic and the story arcs. I mean, you look at DS9 uh, over on Star Trek, you look at, um, well, ER... If you're going to go outside of genre. And it's not um, a huge contribution, but you also have to look at, you know, the episode count now. Yeah, it's, it's a lot different, too. Uh, why are we getting another break? Um, I I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> I, long the break is going to be. I think it's I want to say or two. I want to say this is this break was necessitated by uh, the, the the production delays from COVID. 
um, because I, they had to shut down they had to shut down production for a little while, and I think this this probably is a consequence of that because they have to catch up on a couple of things with post production. Okay. Or was or is this just the mid season finale, and we just kind of cut that? I don't. After the I don't think it's Olympics a mid season finale because I haven't seen anything promoting a mid season finale. Oh, okay. That I could be wrong. I mean, it but no, could, well, I it could be. I haven't but. either. So that that's. You're, yeah. you're probably right about and that. And Caleb did confirm he was talking about the one starring George Reeves. Uh, I okay. haven't heard of H&I Channel, though. Where is that? Is that a Canadian thing? Was, 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 Keely, where are you at? Was I, that, not, was to, that not to dox you or anything, but just a general... I think it was an H. You know, let's see where H No, no, no. I mean, was that H&I or was an lowercase l by accident? Well, let's take a look. Because H and L sounds familiar. No, H&I... Oh, it's Heroes and Icons. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, it's oh 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 oh. Okay, 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 okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Heroes and Icons is a U.S. Oh, TV okay. network. Uh, where to watch? KCMN over the over the air. Where's what's KCMN? Is that a, it's Kansas City? But Kansas uh, City. I've never heard of KCMN. I don't know those call signs, uh, those those call letters. I'll have to look yeah. into this. Heroes and Icons channel. That's Manhattan, Kansas. No, that's no, not right. it's that's Kansas, not right. It's Kansas City. Um, it's probably a it's probably a digital, yeah, a digital channel. But uh, yeah, we'll look into it. All right, so. Good, bad, indifferent. We liked it. I like, like it. I like this. I like this. I'm still. There's just still a part of me that, back in my mind, that's going, when are they going to hit the doomsday button? I know they I don't probably think we're won't, getting doomsday. But in the back of my mind, there's just something telling me that it it it's going to happen. Uh, I, maybe. I it, it might. But... I can't tell why my brain is telling me that, but I'm just like, yeah, he's going to, sh- something's going to happen. He's either going to be a tease for next season or it's going to be the final form for something, somebody when like the necklaces unite. I don't know. Maybe. But I can just. I mean, come on. When he said. Well, I don't. When think, the necklaces no, combine. I don't think it's going to be that because if if a final form, if you're talking about Superman, then the two would merge, and then there's no Doomsday to kill Superman because then Superman is. If Superman turns into Doomsday, then that kind of defeats the purpose of having the Doomsday. Unless the kids fight them, which I think I even predicted that at one point, which would be kind of cool. no, because the the show is about Superman and Lois, right? Okay. And the focus is going to always be on Superman and and the boys, for all that they're you know popular and well received and everybody seems to like them, they're still secondary characters. And if you have something that big, I mean, we've already seen in a couple of places where, you know, Jordan has to fight and he's, he's outclassed, he's outmatched because he's not experienced. He doesn't have, you know, he hasn't had his powers very long. So I don't, I don't see that storyline playing out. And if Allie merges, then Allie is Parasite. She's not Doomsday. So I... And yeah, you know, it's, it's possible I'm wrong. It's been known to happen on occasion. I don't know. It's just if you announce a villain's going to show up in a show, it's just weird not to have them. You know. Well, it, that's that's 
That I think that's what's bugging me. The fact that they, if you have a show and you go, hey, the Joker's going to show up, and then, oh, we're fighting <coughs> Mr. Freeze and Penguin this season. I mean, I like these characters, but you told me Joker was going to be in this. Where's Joker? I was told Doomsday is going to be in this. I'm okay with him not being in it. But why is he not in it if you told me he's going to be in it? Mm-hmm. I, that you know, that bugs me. I wanna I wanna I wanna look into this because um, I know we're going off of a of an early early interview. But the articles uh, that are saying, you know, Superman and Lois will reveal Doomsday in Season 2, Episode 3. Todd Helbin confirms that iconic villain Doomsday will appear in the series starting in Season 2, Episode 3. However, we got through Season 2, Episode 3. We did see the Doomsday suit, the containment suit. But inside the Doomsday containment suit is Bizarro. You have to also remember, season one, we had Captain Luthor for a long time, and everybody was complaining about a black Lex Luthor. And it turns out he's not Luthor. So if you sit there and say, yeah, we're going to have Doomsday, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be Doomsday. That's a little different, because we never actually found out who the villain for season one was. It was never announced who it was. And then we got the Captain Luthor thing as, like, kind of a hint towards what we could be saying. They dead just straight on said, Doomsday's going to be in this. It'd be yes, different but It'd be different if they went, hey, the villain of season one is going to be Lex Luthor. And then when you okay. get that twist after okay. they announced hang it. on, hang on. Yes. I'm going to read you the, the I, I'm going to read you the actual quote from Todd Helping okay. when he's talking about okay. this. Okay. Okay. Because he was, uh, this was in Entertainment Weekly. <coughs> and they were talking about the, the suit, right? The Doomsday suit. And the look, he says, you know, with the introduction of this villain, they'll attempt to do the trick they perfected throughout the Arrowverse, which is use assumptions about a character and then flipping that. So here's the quote from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, the tease, when we first saw the suit, he's talking about just that visual. That tease is our homage to a classic Doomsday cover. Then in episode two, you're going to see him a little bit more. In episode three, you'll get the full reveal. There's so much lore and mythology in the Superman universe that we feel it's our obligation to tell a unique story. We take inspirations from the comics as much as possible, and then we try to twist it. We did the same thing here. So in the actual quote from Todd Helbing, he does not say, this is Doomsday. He, he says, the appearance of the suit and that shot, that visual, is an homage to the first comic book cover where we saw Doomsday. And he says, we'll get the full reveal, but I the media coverage did not assumes, hear that quote. Media coverage assumes he's saying, yes, we're going to reveal Doomsday. That's not what he said. Never mind. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Because stand Captain out from that Luthor one. was actually John Henry Irons. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. You know, 
step away for a second. Yikes. Okay. Well, and, I, haven't and heard, this I haven't heard that. And this is another lesson in media responsibility because uh, right. you know, in, in the overall thing, when you're covering things, whether it's, whether it's genre stuff like this, whether it's comic books or TV shows or whatever, or if it's the invasion of Ukraine, you have a responsibility as a journalist, as a reporter, as a Sorry, media a outlet. over here. I know, I know. They're in the house. Um, and, and they come over to the compound and, you know, plants. Plants. There are plants in the compound, too, yeah. you know, yeah. over here in the studio. But, yeah. but the, the media has a responsibility to do their very best to get it right. And a lot of these sites, they're run by people who are not trained who don't have any experience in actual real journalism or reporting or anything like that. And they make assumptions. And there are sites that will make those leaps in order to have some sort of a clickable headline. And they're not necessarily reporting something that's accurate so much as it's sensational enough that gets your attention. Oh, I'm going to click this. I, you know, he said we're going to get Doomsday. Well, let's read. But he didn't actually say that. So the right. headline for the Screen Rant article is very misleading. But it's Screen Rant. Always, it's, always, always, always assume that if Screen Rant is saying something, take it with a couple of bags of salt. I still do think we're they are building up to Doomsday though. Not this well, season. We, not this we season. May, we may actually get Doomsday, but I don't think we will because we've had the suit. We had the containment suit. No, no, no. I don't mean. I don't mean the season. No, I, I mean. Know. I, I think. <laughs> I, I think the show itself. Well, with we might. All the characters we've been building up. I mean, Talro. We might. The Superboys, Steel. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get Doomsday. Fair. I. I mean. I mean. Because remember, the Helbing, Helbing says we're going to take pieces. We're going to take inspiration from the from the from the comics. I no, and I mean, tell our own stories with them. I mean, much farther story. down the road, possibly. I, and that means I'm probably wrong about my cyborg Superman theory, and that we're probably going to see Hank Henshaw appear at some point. Well, if they introduce Hank Henshaw, then you can. Pretty much bet that at some point we'll see Cyborg yeah. Superman. Yeah, because I think, I think at some point, I think that's probably how they're either going to end the show or they're going to do a big thing at some point in like maybe season four or five. I don't know. Is I that mean, we're finally? I feel like I don't know. I feel like we're kind of leading up to how you said earlier. We're getting the small villains now. Yeah. So why would you do Doomsday up. now? Not no, I mean like no. I'm saying I'm yeah, saying, yeah, but yeah. back to your original point, it, you know, if we're following the pattern of the of the minor the minor villains first, yeah. Doomsday doesn't fit into that. Yeah, and it, and and no, I agree, and I've been saying this whole time that I don't really want to see Doomsday. It's just in my head. Yeah. I thought this whole time he did say we were going to see him, and now that you read me that quote, I can finally like get that out of my headspace of. Oh, he didn't actually say we were going to see Doomsday. Now I don't have to expect Doomsday. Right. Cool. I can finally enjoy the show without expecting that. I think uh, I, I I will make the prediction that by the end of this season we'll get Metallo introduced, and I think next season possibly uh, we'll have Metallo Luthor 
and then the season after that we get Brainiac, and then they, and then they can team up. But I don't know. You know. I don't see Met- I don't see Metallo being used only because Supergirl used him a lot. He was also used a lot in the crossovers. Well, and I think. I think they're probably going to say Metallo for season four. I think they're going to do one more villain that wasn't used. Terraman. In Supergirl. I want to see Terraman. I want to see Terraman on his flying horse. But who would be a good, not B tier <coughs> villain? But before we got Metallo, if, if we're mm. right about to cross that threshold of getting into Metallo, who'd be. If we're if we're gonna give a villain a season, and it's it's got to be that right amount of not too powerful but not too weak. You know what I'd be? like to see? I would like to see Intergang for a season. Okay, just to go completely different because after a while, villains with powers kind of gets old. I yeah. want to see something. You know, let's change things up. The only problem with that is if if you have intergang, then you have to be in Metropolis. So I would. I mean, I wouldn't ooh, see intergang. And that's how we get the Smallville. Diggle crossover. I'm kidding. That wouldn't um, happen anyway. I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice for intergang intergang to show up. Man, um, Manchester Black. That's, Manchester ooh, Black. That's a possibility. My that's my pick. Um, Manchester Black. I mean, you could always bring back the Legion of Superheroes and have some sort of a threat from the future, but that I, that's a that's a stretch. Cool. Uh, let's see who else you've got. Parasite. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Livewire before. Livewire, but I wouldn't give her a season. Well, no, not a season. No, but if, you if could, we're if you we're doing Livewire, overarching, I do um, kind of like the inner gang idea. I wouldn't shoot, mind. Why seeing... not? Let's do a whole season of Music Meister. Listen. <laughs> Don't even tempt me with that. The musical episode. Love, no. Superman and Lois. The musical episode. Oh, I with would want to see that. Neil, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. Harris. Yeah. I want to see Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> in a purple suede As suit. As a music master. You Why have not? no idea. You know what? That that would actually work, though. One fun musical episode. And you know Sarah can already sing. I'm willing to bet the boys probably have a musical talent. Because it's already know. shown... That Jordan can. And if you're on the CW, you can probably sing. <laughs> so so I'd be okay with a musical episode. I wouldn't. I, I Leave would them it. dead and buried. No, you do a weird episode. No, you do a wacky episode. I want my uh, Mixie Asabeth Lick episode. That's, yeah, that's what that's you not going to be in the musical episode. Though. No, but that's Mix is but like is is magic. But what? But going back to what I was saying about like having those episodes where it can be a little buffer between you know the overarching thing. Yeah, Mix yes but lick would be the perfect episode to take a breather from the big overarching story and be a fun distraction of an episode. Yeah, and and I mean it would work, and you get like Warwick Davis or something to be. Mixy Espit Lick, and it would be fun. That could work, actually. I, I know. I think that'd be kind of fun. That yeah. that would be great. I I would love to see that work as an episode, because right. it, it would be great. All right, well, we will put a pin in that. Yeah. Speaking of breathers, we will take a breather. We will take a break and uh, come back. Now, we're getting another episode next week, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Next week is the last episode <laughs> before the Wolverine's break. Wolverine's on the same page as me. No musicals. 
I'm I done with the musical are. episodes. All right. So that's going to do it for us uh, today. Thanks very much, James, for being here and contributing your thoughts. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for being here as well. If you are here in replay, don't forget that you can still leave us a comment and uh, anybody can leave us an email. Live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Connect with us over on all of the socials where we are in the process of taking names and retweets and shares uh, for people to be entered to win tickets to the Batman. We are giving away Fandango codes. We have five of them to give away. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through and I'm going to make a list of all of the different ones. And then probably, I don't know how we're going to do this. We'll just probably pull names out of the hat and uh, select winners, and you can have your code for two tickets. Uh, the prize value is is worth $35. Now, it's limited to people in the United States. That's not my rule. That's the rule from the people at Fandango. Uh, but we're, we're giving away five Fandango codes that you could go see the Batman uh, on us. So uh, go over and look at the socials. Retweet, share. There's a particular one where we're asking people to share the link to our H2O discussion about the Batman from Monday night. And uh, we're taking names. We'll make a list. And we're going to give away those codes uh, either tonight or tomorrow tomorrow morning-ish. And, uh, and that way you can go and do stuff. So anyway, okay, that's going to do it for us. Thanks very much for being here. And joining us, if you are new to the channel, we do invite you to subscribe, have your notifications turned on, and we will be back to do this all next week. Remember, folks, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.